These days, a lot of people measure influence and fame. They measure influence in numbers. You know, everything that we do now is based on oh, how many likes did I get? How many followers yes. do I have? Yes. You know, we, we really measure everything by numbers. And to me, numbers don't matter. We all know people that have huge numbers of following and they're influencing in the wrong way. I mean, I, I am especially concerned about our children that they're following all these people and these, these people they perceive as fame and influence because of numbers. Where to me, influence and leadership is about, are you making a significant difference? Did you actually come into that person's life, impact them with some bit of love, knowledge, a tool, a resource that they can take back into their everyday life and it creates satisfaction and it creates peace. This is Hans Finzel. Welcome to the Leadership Answer Man. This is a show for leaders about taking your leadership skills to the next level. Whether you are a seasoned leader or just starting out, I promise to give you practical leadership tips that you can use this week. No matter what your leadership situation is, I can help. Remember, leaders make things happen. My passion is to help you lead more effectively. Welcome to episode 35. You know, people have been telling me I really need to get some women on the show, and I'm happy to say that I finally landed a great leader, Catherine Lee, a woman leader who I respect and admire so very much. She's gracious, she's humble, she's smart, and you will learn a lot from her. In fact, in the interview that I did with her uh, face-to-face here in Colorado recently, it was so good that I stretched it to make two shows out of it because we just could not squeeze all of her wealth of wisdom into one show. You can find out all about Catherine Lee at theultimatesource.org. Before we get to the interview, I got a great email this morning. I love hearing from you guys and gals, and you send me emails. You can always get a hold of me through hansfenzel.com. Some of you are posting comments on my blog notes, and I love that. But here's a a note I got from a woman uh, that we know in Budapest, Hungary, a long way from here. And she's she can understand English pretty good, but she really has a hard time reading it. And I never really thought about how the podcast could minister to somebody like that and really uh, make a difference. Here's what she said. The message of your recent podcast gave me new hope that the ministry I'm doing is not in vain. I can sit as a humble leader at the bottom of my organization and serve the gypsy people that we are working with. What a great leader. Thank you, Aniko. And I just appreciated hearing that uh, the words of this podcast is encouraging people. That's why I do it. So let's listen in to this amazing interview with Catherine Lee. Hey, Catherine, welcome. Hey, Han. So excited to finally do this with you. Yes, I'm here today with Catherine Lee, and uh, you are my first significant female leader on my show, and I'm just mm-hmm. so glad to have uh, the time to be with you. Thanks uh, for being on the show. Incredible honor to be that. You know, for me, leadership is leadership. It's not gender specific, but there is a distinction to with women in leadership. So I'm so excited to talk both topics with you. So we're going to talk today about who you are, your own, you know, context of your leadership, mm-hmm. and then I want to just pick your brain about your your beliefs about leadership, and we're just going to get into some great stuff. I just spoke uh, last week to a big group of international leaders, but the sad thing I told you last night was that um, there were no women in the group, mm. and I just thought that makes everything so one-dimensional. We'll talk about that. Great. Can't <laughs> wait. So tell me about the ultimate source. 
Well, the ultimate source, I for 20 years, I've been in the realm of personal development. I was in the secular world, for lack of a better word, meaning I, I could teach faith-based principles, but I couldn't te- you know, bring scripture or my own personal faith into it. So it was tremendously successful. We had so much fun. But a couple few years ago, I really felt the calling to now it was time to bring the faith-based version of personal development into this realm. So take the same principles, put the scriptures that the truth was based on, and then share it. So really what we do is we, we teach how to overcome six common challenge areas and studying people across the world, leaders or not. We all face things like fear, stress, negative self-talk, toxic people, right? Plus our toxic distractions, things that we all face. So we teach the 12 life areas that help overcome that and help equip you to take those negative stressors and those negative things, have them be a flag to say, oh, great, I feel fear, I see stress. Now I can just turn my energy to a life area. Hey, I want to hear a little bit more about that first 20 years, because uh, for 20 years you were in corporate training or corporate... Yeah. yeah, it kind of developed over time where first I just went in as a speaker to different companies. I was out on the speaking circuit and someone would walk up to me in the audience and say, will you come speak for our company? And I was so privileged because it tended to be things. I live in Southern California, so Disney Imagineering or Boeing or Beckman Coulter. And so all of a sudden I was in these huge companies that had a huge employee base. And what they saw was, wait, it seems like you have a series. Like that Mm -hmm. was really good, but we can tell there are other things because of these six challenge areas, 12 life areas. So I began to create series of talks and then the management would want to meet with me to do some business strategy so we just it wow, kind of grew from that's there cool that's mm-hmm. great and then after 20 years you decided to shift it and we'll put all this on the show notes by the way for our listeners mm-hmm. i assume you can give me some summaries and where people can find you but also can you rattle off those six areas again yeah so the six challenge areas that we really address are negative self-talk fear stress toxic people toxic distractions, and procrastination. Wow. You know anybody that deals with any of those things? Yeah, like me. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. So now you're, you're doing the ultimate source. It's not all you're doing, but it's uh, one of your big passions. Mm-hmm. So now going forward, what is your passion? Uh, what are you seeing that just really encourages you? As you you've been on a road trip. We're actually in your big RV here mm-hmm. today in, in uh, Denver. And uh, what are some of the things you're seeing that really encourage you out there? Yeah, I think the greatest thing is is the secular versus biblically based, now that we've launched the faith base, is human beings are human beings. They need the same things. Whether we package it one way or another, the foundational needs of human beings are to be seen, to be understood, and then to be equipped with the tools and resources to live the abundant life that they were meant to live. So that really encourages me because we tend to go, what's my niche? And not that we don't have niches, we certainly do. But it's common core for everyone, those things. Okay, let's talk about leadership. Uh, You're a significant leader. I define leadership as influence. Mm -hmm. And you influence a lot of people with your um, healthy living business Mm. as well as your ultimate source. So let's, uh, you know, how do you see leadership? Leadership for me, as you said, is influence. Uh, These days, a lot of people measure influence and fame. They measure influence in numbers. You know, everything that we do now is based on oh, how many likes did I get? How many followers yes. do I have? Yes. You know, we, we really measure everything by numbers. And to me, 
numbers don't matter. We all know people that have huge numbers of following and they're influencing in the wrong way. I mean, I, I am especially concerned about our children that they're following all these people they perceive as fame and influence because of numbers. Where to me, influence and leadership is about, are you making a significant difference? Did you actually come into that person's life, impact them with some bit of love, knowledge, a tool, a resource that they can take back into their everyday life and it creates satisfaction and it creates peace in their life? Wow. Let's talk. Can you give us an illustration of somebody recently that you've seen a transformation mm. in one of those arenas without giving us their name? Mm. But, uh, tell us a, a victory story just in the last year of somebody you've really helped. It's such an amazing privilege. I was working with a CEO, a man, CEO, and actually a group of people on a particular project. And you know, we were really moving forward in a huge, huge, I mean, record-breaking type of a situation in what was being produced. But the power was the individual relationships that were built on the side of, you know, I'm struggling with this at home, or how can I manage this huge success, which is fantastic, but with it is coming a lot of the stress, a lot of the pressure, and I'm wanting to hide, or I feel like I'm not worthy, or I feel like I'm not able and so two people in particular that were a part of that program, to be able to, one thing, to be the business strategist to guide the direction of the project, but the other to be the personal side-by-side, -side, let me walk with you, and let's make sure you're healthy regardless of the success of that project or program. That was a huge, huge thing for me. And now we're great friends in the midst of this huge project that has taken off. That's awesome. Yeah. So a lot of people are limited in their leadership because of personal struggles, right? Yes, and that absolutely. sounds like your message. Very much so. It's a personal development and personal growth have to be part of your leadership journey. Yes, because what is success if your life behind it is a mess? Yeah. If we're leading in our home, if we're leading in an organization or a church, and when we go to bed at night, we are miserable because the people closest to us see us differently or feel left behind. One of my core tenets is I will not sacrifice my family on the altar of ministry. Absolutely. Yeah. I will not sacrifice my family on the altar of success. I think, I think John Maxwell said success in leadership is when the people closest mm. to you respect you the most. Yeah. Can I tell you a story about yes. that? My yes. favorite day so far in my life oh. as, as a person was my daughter went to an event with me. She was probably 15 at the time. So you know a 15-year-old, you don't know how they're going to react to your world. So she exactly. she goes and people kept stopping her and saying, you know, you're Catherine's daughter. Oh, this difference that she's made, This you're Catherine's daughter. Do you know how wonderful she is? And so she came to me with only the way a teenager can. Yes. And she said, Mom, if one more person stops me and tells you how great you are, and she said, they're saying stuff to me like, do you know how great your mom is? Now, I was waiting for the other shoe to fall, for yeah. her to say, well, they don't live with you, right? Right. Because she was a 15-year-old teenager, <laughs> right. and although she was great, yeah. but you know what she said? She said, I wanted to say to him, of course I do. I live with her. Wow. 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 Yeah. I can see why you think that's the most yeah. precious day of your life. Yeah. When it comes to people's compliments, that was the greatest oh, compliment I could ever get. Something similar to that happened to me when I left World Venture after... 32 years and they threw a big 
farewell dinner for me and my children all came and my oldest son was asked to speak on behalf of the kids and it was so precious he said we never felt that dad put this work this ministry before us well and i want to make a point to the listeners I know your story enough to know you walked in with the boundaries of saying, yes, I will take this position with these boundaries in place so that my family is feels that way. And I had the privilege yesterday of being (laughs) in your home and in your office. And I saw the picture that one of your sons made with all the words that described you. And I stood there. I couldn't look at anything else until I read every word, because that is legacy to me. That is success. Well, I like to say, how many people at the end of their lives say, I wish I'd spent more time at the office? Right. (laughs) (laughs) No, Don't think it happens. Everybody says it's all about your family and your children. I think that's the older I get, the more important that is to me. Well, and the stressors, the challenge right now with what I call information overload or the tyranny of choice is that... There are a million ways to distract us now, not like it used to be. You're right. Right. It used to be you would go to the office and then maybe you were too many hours at the office. Now everything goes with us. Our the phones, comes everything, to your, every, yeah. to your purse and to your hip and to your pocket. Exactly. Yeah. Everything is linked. So it's more difficult now yeah. to create those boundaries. At least that's the perception. Right. And you have to turn things off from time to time. Okay. Yeah. Because when I became CEO, I had four little kids at home, you know, aged uh, like three to 11, four little kids. Mm -hmm. And I told my board, I will not sacrifice these kids for this work. Mm -hmm. However, I had to work a lot. Absolutely. And I'm not saying goof off, you know, like uh, don't work but 20 or 30 hours a week. (laughs) But what do you do when you are home? That's right. And what do you do when you are with your children? Are you on your phone and you're checking your Facebook and your Twitter or you just, we have to lay it aside. Yeah. And I think that showing your children hard focus work, that you're making a difference, that they're not the center of the university. That's the other side of the coin. That's why we teach, yes, there's these six challenge areas, but where's the truth and the line between them? You know, a level of stress is actually good. If we don't have a level of stress, if you think about a rubber band, that elasticity of stressing just a little bit is the purpose of us as human beings to grow and uh, stretch, yeah. right? But if we stretch too far, that's where it can snap back and hurt us. And so that, it, I think it's very healthy to teach and see, to me, that's leadership. To me, that's influence. To teach everyone that's watching you, from your children to the people that work, whether it be in your staff or in your ministry, to have them watch, you know, I do work hard and I work smart And I also know how to play hard and play well with my family and to be present. Get a life, yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to get into some more leadership questions for you, Mm -hmm. but I'm real fascinated by the message of the ultimate source. You talked about those six challenge areas. Now, give me a little bit of feel and our listeners for the message that you give to, do you have like a counter message for each of those challenge areas? Yes, it's a combination. So let's say, for instance, somebody is experiencing... Let's use an example, yeah. Yeah, I think that's important. So let's say somebody's experiencing stress that they know, (laughs) right? Because somebody might experience that, especially in leadership. Uh, I know a lot of people listening right now are saying, okay, yeah. Yeah, I I get that. that, I know that one. So if somebody is facing stress and it feels to that point like this this no longer feels exciting, because to me, that's the line. Stress, as long as it's exciting... You know, the, but when it starts to pull from us, that creates fear or procrastination. See, they start, those challenge areas start to layer. 
So when we start to see that, you can turn your energy to the life area. So for instance, balance and fulfillment is one of our 12 life areas. It's about living through your senses. So it can be something as simple as walking outside and looking up at the sky, putting your feet in the grass, not to quote a funny movie, but I, you know, Pretty Woman, where that scene with Richard Gere, where he yes. goes out, where he's Love having his revelation, yes. and he's walking in the grass. Yes. That's balance and fulfillment. Think about it. Everything that we experience first comes through our senses. That's true. So yeah. if we can tap into that for that moment immediately, I mean, we can measure that our blood pressure changes, our focus and our brain gets clear. So that's an example. But also there's rest and relaxation. That's another one of our 12 life areas. So let's say you're feeling stressed. Take, I say three is key. Taking three deep breaths. Okay. Three is key because that's what we know starts to shift physiology. Just doing that. Then we can add this life area of spirituality and faith, another one of the 12 life areas, and say a prayer. You know, God, give me perspective here. Or let me have, you know, the focus on what is important in this moment. And so it begins, and you can layer them, rest and relaxation, that other half of rest, which is the breathing, is relaxation. I mean, do something fun. Go on and watch a funny YouTube video and laugh for a second. There you go. That relieves stress. So you can multi-layer the life areas to counter any of the challenge areas. Wow. Uh, I know people are going to want to know, wow, where can they get uh, this teaching? Mm. So just as a sidebar, where can people get access to your teaching? Do you have have videos? Yes. We have all sorts of ways people can tap into what we do. But really the best thing to do is go to theultimatesource.org. The Ultimate Source with an S, theultimatesource.org, and you can sign up for free videos. That will then put you in the in the place to receive more information. And, of course, you can always unsubscribe. But you get six free videos with core teachings. They're, they're not promotional videos. They are literally pieces of our video series. We have a year-long video series that people can get one video a week just to teach these principles, and it builds from there. Nice. That's yeah. great. Well, I've watched some of these videos, and they are Powerful. I love it. Now, about your leadership legacy, Mm. I told you I was going to ask you this question. Now, you still got a long way to go, and you still have a lot of dreams, and you've been sharing some of your new dreams with me and Donna last night, you and Michael. But looking back, what are some things you're the most satisfied with Mm. as a leader? Yeah. Uh, Say, man, I am. uh, You already told us about your kids, and that's huge. Huge. But just in terms of your influence, I look back and say, I'm fulfilled. You know, if I die tonight, I can look back and say, I'm. This happened. Yeah, that's such a powerful question. And when you told me you were going to ask it, you said, you know, this isn't about a pride thing. And I and I immediately said, absolutely not. We all as leaders need to have a God confidence, meaning. We have our gifts and talents, and we have built our skill and our experiences for right now. And if we can stand in that confidence, we can have continued influence and then legacy. So for me, I think it's a couple of things. One is that people genuinely say, you gave me the tools. It wasn't dependent on them tapping back into me. I never wanted that. I'm an introvert. People have a hard time believing that, but I am. I never wanted people dependent on me. I wanted to equip them with the tools and resources. So that's huge because it goes beyond me. It lasts beyond me. The second is that I did point them to the ultimate source. When somebody says, what is the core difference in your life? It is my relationship with God. And to me, there is no better personal development. There is no better life coach. There is no better resource than 
the very one that designed us and created the design that creates the abundant life ultimately that we have. That's beautiful. I love it. We're listening to a powerful interview with Catherine Lee about women in leadership. So join me as we continue this fascinating discussion with Catherine Lee. Okay, let me ask you a couple of other questions about leadership. What are some of the key characteristics of leaders that Mm. you love to follow? Mm, It's huge. One is that God confidence, meaning somebody who has clarity in who they are and what they are about. What is their particular, not just niche, but what difference do they want to make? But you're not saying you only follow God followers. Mm-mm, no, not okay. at all. Just to make sure. No, not in the least. Really, anybody that has clarity of their own personal purpose and influence, that has knowledge and wisdom that makes a difference. And then humility. So there's a God confidence, meaning what I mean by that is, whether someone knows God or not, they're fearfully and wonderfully made in there yes. and they're allowing that to be animated right. in their life. Okay. So right. that's a key point. So humility. Humility is the second. So there's a confidence level, but then there's a humility to keep in check that they don't know it all, that they are willing to say, I don't know. Let me find out. Or let me tell you what I do know, but also let me tell you what I don't know and that I need other people. That's a huge thing for me. If somebody thinks that they can stand alone and they never ask for help from anybody else, I can't follow that leader because I know I can't do that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Uh, other characteristics? You know, can you think of some examples of people out there in the world today or somebody that's no longer living that you say, now there's a leader I really respect? Mm-hmm. Oh, tons. I am a student of people and especially people that to me, a leader means they know where they're going and yeah. they're confident and they yeah. have their specialty. And so, I mean, I could name everybody from your father-in-law, Mark Bubeck mm-hmm. and Warren Wearsby. But then there, there's John Maxwell. There's Malcolm Gladwell, who I love his work that, that is current. Um, How about some women? I was going to say, I've got <laughs> to give the other side of the gender yes, here. Please do. Dr. Caroline Leaf, who's a brain researcher, neuroscientist. She is brilliant. I love her work. I love Brene Brown. She talks a lot oh, about shame, yes, and yes. I think she is powerful really message. powerful message, really, for our time. Yes. Um, also, and and I'm losing her name right now. She wrote the book Quiet, um, but it's about introverts. People have been telling me about this book. It's incredible. And being an introvert myself, wondering, I, I, I work with people all day long, but I understood how we're wired. And so that book Quiet and the author of that. So there are quite a few people um, that I just think are making a huge impact. And that's what I mean about we can't do this alone. We all need to come together, and that is what creates influence for all of us. I love that. You know, in the Jim Collins, the oh. his famous book, Good to Great, he said that was one of the characteristics of a, a fifth-level leader, the mm. best, is humility. Mm-hmm. They're not full of themselves. They don't have all the answers. They're smart enough to surround themselves with smart people. Yes. By the way, I'm an introvert, too. I did not know a that. total introvert. Uh-huh. Are you kidding me? Yes. Okay. And see. people don't believe that from me either. Yeah. They say, what? And people really need to understand. I think this is important, a leadership topic for a second, because I do sure. think that we have a skewed idea of certain terms in this world. So, for instance, introvert is a good example of that, where people think introverts don't like people or they're shy. That isn't true at all. Introverts have to do with two things. One is 
how do you re-energize your time? That's right. And how that's do you being alone. Recharge your batteries. Yeah. Yep. And for a long time, I'll tell you, Hans, I thought I was a fraud because I would go teach and train and the people would come up to me afterwards and I loved every second of it. I wanted to be present in here and I was right there. But then it was like this wall was hit and I literally wanted to run scared back to my hotel room and people would say, come out to dinner with us and come. And I genuinely got to a point where I'd almost be shaking and I had to get back to my hotel room. Well, everyone my whole life called me an extrovert. So I didn't understand it. I thought I was a fraud. So one part of being an introvert is you need to re-energize by being alone. The second part is how you communicate. Is Do you process in your head? Do you prefer to journal? Do you prefer to think before you speak for a considerable amount of time? We should all think before before we speak. But that's another piece of it that's very important to understand. Yeah, I've learned the same thing through the Myers-Briggs test. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my wife, Donna, is a total people person extrovert. So she verbally processes as she's thinking. Yes. But I'm an introvert. So when it comes out of my mouth, it's already fully cooked. Yes. If I sell it. Tell her, I'm thinking about getting a new mountain bike. It's probably already You're getting in the garage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and this is key in leadership. May I talk about this? Because I actually yes. am certified through a company called Highlands where we do brain wiring testing. So you would get a, a battery of 19 different tests. They're literally games that you play online. Mm-hmm. This isn't a subjective questions about yourself. You play games. And then the computer spits out a result of how your brain is wired. And then I analyze them and advise around it. But one of the key things is introvert, extrovert. Well, here's the problem with an introvert, extrovert in communication. And this is key for leaders, especially. If an introvert says something, it is a plan or a promise. Like you said, the, the mountain bike's already in. <laughs> yeah. Even if they're saying they're thinking about it, if they have They've spoken it. They've a lot of thinking yeah, about it. If they're speaking it, it probably is to them. Where an extrovert communicator brainstorms out loud. They process out loud, they brainstorm. So imagine a, a leader that is an extrovert communicator and they're talking out loud. Well, the introverts are taking everything as a plan or a promise. Yes. They're going in that direction. Absolutely. And they what, think it's a decision. It's and a decision. Orders. And, and I'm ready yes, to go. Right. And so they lose respect for that leader because then they go, well, look at him. He's wishy-washy. Look at her. She doesn't know where she's going because she just changed her mind. And there's a lot of confusion that happens. And the extrovert leader is going, what is wrong with my people? Yes. They're, they're, they're resenting me or they're, yeah. they, they, they just feel a level of disrespect. So this is what I always teach the, the high level leadership, especially because this can get so bad, is if you're an extrovert communicator, you need to say to your team, guys, I'm brainstorming out loud here. I will let you know when it's a plan or a promise. And I'll, I'll let you know that. And you do need to do that. But I also teach the introverts to go and clarify, is this a plan or a promise before you move? So the introverts need to speak up and the extroverts need to clarify. And it changes everything. Once people know that, I've seen complete organizations when we go in and teach this, they see that and hear that. And all of a sudden, all the old offenses and resentments go away. They get it, and yes, then they move forward in yes, it. Yes, because they just learn, yeah. The, uh, decision-making is another one of those Myers-Briggs things, whether you're a – I'm a very fast decision-maker. Yes. But my wife, for example, doesn't like to make decisions because they're always thinking there might be something better. <laughs> better. There's no hurry. <laughs> yes. And when you see these two different kinds of people in meetings – Yes. Uh, like me, I'm driving through the agenda mm-hmm. because as an introvert, I want to get this meeting over. Right. So let's get the work done. <laughs> yeah. 
and so we can go back to work. Mm-hmm. And so the people who are slow to make decisions because they they really have to process it a lot more internally. You know, you're on agenda point number eight, and they're still really thinking about number two. Yes, yes. Know? And when we start to as a leader working with you or working with somebody like me, we come in as a third party to say, let me from the outside looking in and with this battery of tests or, or perspective that we have, whether it be conflict resolution or or the, the plan and processing, we can literally help equip. I think having some of the information makes a difference, but that's one of those things. It's okay as a leader if you're not sure how to deal with the problems in your organization or the miscommunications or the offenses Let's get together and make something happen. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk. Hey, this is a good place for us to pause because we're going to another show next week. We're going to we're just going to take a break right now, and I'm encouraging our listeners to listen to the next episode, which is part two mm. with Catherine. Great, thank you, Hans. This has been Hans Finzel. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Answer Man. Remember that leaders make great things happen. We can always take our leadership to the next level. I hope you keep listening and learning and that you go out there this week and make a difference with your leadership.